You are listening to Prime Venture Partner Podcast where we bring you impactful moments from the lives of entrepreneurs, new CXOs and investors who are playing a key role in building digital India. This is Amit Somani from Prime Venture Partners. Prime is an early stage venture capital fund based out of Bangalore. We invest in early stage tech and product driven companies. We are delighted to have with us today Vinay Bagri, co-founder and CEO of Neo. one of our portfolio companies welcome to the podcast vinay hi amit thanks for having me here thanks vinay so neo banking is all the rage in fintech and financial services these days why is it so exciting for everyone what's going on can you talk a little bit about that uh, sure amit so uh, neo banking has been a rage for some time across the world india had just taken off um, let's say uh, the announcement started coming in uh, a year or so Uh, why it is so important, Amit, is that when you look at costs uh, of of various banking services, you keep keep going back to uh, you know Bezos thought that your margin is my opportunity, and there is immense opportunity in banking in all the segments. Now the major cost, if you if you see for all banks or most banks, is infrastructure and people. Uh, you will see that the fanciest of the landscape in 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 every every country uh, or every city. would belong to banks whether it's narivan point here or whether it is uh, you know new york elsewhere uh, now that naturally cost has to be borne by somebody normally it's the customer and neo banking is all about building a bank in the cloud where you don't have those kind of uh, infrastructural costs uh, you don't have a huge hierarchy of people and passing on that benefit to the customer so that's why it is important i think it's it's something uh, which is going to be growing substantially as the time passes so we great points so one of course is the cost right and and making it more accessible and more inclusive the second thing is really the customer experience do you think that new age tech companies can provide a much better customer experience what are the new age companies going to be better at and what are the classic banks going to be better at uh in terms of customer experience there's no doubt see uh, what what happens is that most of the banks who are there in existence run an old tech uh, naturally have a tech team which is uh, you know uh, tuned to work a certain way so not that they will not be able to provide uh, uh, it but it will take time and uh, you know time is in the favor of the new age uh, neo banks uh, who will be able to do a much better job in terms of customer experience uh, other than that you know there are Uh, there are various um, uh, niches within banks which are large enough uh, for people to go and excel there uh, so we'll see a lot of um, you know kind of uh, used word like unbundling of banks where certain segments traditional banks will continue to do well example are uh, areas where which require a lot of trust and a lot of money getting deposited etc whereas certain areas which uh, you know which are fast moving payment related lending where i think uh, you know the new banks are going to excel Great. You you used to be in one of these older banks, or actually many of them, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about your background and also how the journey has been from being a classic banker to a new age fintech co-founder CEO? Yeah. So you know, I've been uh, uh, I've been a banker always, even now, continue to be a banker. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, you know, almost fifteen uh, years, most of them, you know, with Stanchart, almost a decade, uh, and then on both sides of balance sheet. So I've seen around six, seven years of liabilities, uh, six, seven years of assets. Uh, so as far as retail banking is concerned, I, I've basically seen it all. Uh, why uh, did I move to the other side uh, of the, uh, you know, I, I would say of the structure? The reason is that you know, till two thousand fifteen. banking in india was very different because there was no ekyc there was no otp based kyc uh, so as long as you meeting per, uh, somebody in person to do kyc uh, the scope of neo bank was limited but when it opened up thanks to aadhar um, you know it, it the opportunity 
to really really disrupt and i know that word is used uh, very loosely uh, but because of aadhar actually and you would have seen with upi and all these things happening uh, that because of the entire stack uh, the banking is is getting disrupted every single moment as we see it and i wanted to be in that bandwagon and of course uh, you know one of my uh, co-founder who is not listed as co-founder which is sanjay from prime ventures <laughs> so he pushed me into this and i'm very very delighted to be where i am today sounds great so maybe we can jump uh, and and talk a little bit about the neo journey itself right there are several different products you guys have launched uh, it's been an interesting sort of rapid fire journey over the last 3 3 and a half years so can you talk about you know couple of the products that you guys have and maybe we'll we'll drill into one of the ones that are sort of more recent sure so um uh, you know neo is basically inspired uh, by my last organization so i was working with ing uh, which got taken over by kotak and then i moved to neo so ing had a product called ing direct which was basically a bank uh, based in the clouds and uh, it was doing extremely well um i'd seen its operation in australia and i was really fascinated by it and wanted to basically create a, a similar bank in india which was on the cloud digital and can be a large bank now what we do uh, amit in neo is that we try and identify segments which are huge uh, which are either unserved or underserved by current banks and where we think that as neo bank we've got significant competitive advantage and based on that segment we keep rolling out products as and when those segments turn up so for example one of the big instances was demonetization and the labor law changes according which came in with demonetization which really opened up the whole salaried segment of blue collar employees and that's what our, our our flagship product really got rolled out and we got a million plus users on that product uh because we think that no other bank today has got the capability to understand and serve the segment the way we do uh similarly you know we saw a trend uh, last year around indians you know thanks to instagram facebook and these uh, social media things want to really travel and uh, you know the, the trend has changed whether the first loan is no longer uh, you know a car loan or a home loan or anything else it's a travel loan uh, and the whole country seems to be traveling we have 25 30 million people who will travel this year uh, which likely will go to 50 million people again the service as a bank to understand a travel a customer and really serve them well uh, we think is pretty broken and uh, we thought there was a there was a chance to introduce A, a kind of a bank account for somebody who thinks himself as a global citizen, and that's where New Global came in. So while uh, you know we've launched various products, the two products which really stand out is New Bharat, which is a salary account for blue-collar employees, and New Global, which is a bank account for global citizens. So let's talk a little bit about New Global. Yeah. Let's say I'm a traveler and I'm I'm traveling to some country. I'm going to Australia. How does New Global help, and what is unique and differentiated about that product that is not there uh, elsewhere in the market? So uh for every product we build amit we look at uh, two three things so the first of course is consumer value that whatever the current banks are providing which is like i said banks margin we provide a better value to the customer because our costs are low so that's the first thing and i'll come why uh, new global if you're not carrying uh, new global when you're when you're stepping outside india you're losing money every single day okay so that's value the second thing we look at amit is the convenience factor what is the the ux of the product the user experience of the product and third of course is for whatever reasons if you're stuck then how is the customer service when you have to reach out to us so these are two three things which we focus on all our products so let me talk about neo global and you know each of these things three things and how they kind of pan out so first in terms of value so if you don't take neo global what are the options your option is cash a forex card or a debit or a credit card cash of course uh, you know you have to pay a, a charge up front to convert it if you get back cash from your trip again you have to pay charge to convert it or, or maybe i don't know where you'll keep the cash not, not to mention the hassle of carrying <laughs> the hassle of carrying yeah, yeah of course all those uh, are anyway there the second is a forex card uh, famous multi currency forex cards 
you know when you go to dubai let's say and you've loaded dirhams but guess what normally you load either less or more in any case then you have to when you move to your next country let's say from dubai you move to go europe and you need to use euros here then you have to convert double time so first inr to dirham cost then dirham to euro cost or euro to dirham cost so by the time you come back and you've done all your mathematics uh, uh you know it's it's a very very uh, costly uh, way of carrying a foreign currency uh not to say the the hassle of getting your first forex card itself you cannot get it on your in your house you have to go walk in the branch and do it and when you get money back uh, after your travel again you have to go to branch and uh, and kind of get it converted into iron so multiple conversion costs and so most of the people what they do is whatever money is left on the forex card they go and spending in end up spending in um, uh, you know your duty free shops so it's unnecessary shopping so everything kind of adds up to a, a to a very um, i would say a broken process and a very costly process third one of course the easy one uh, Uh, you carry your credit card or debit card simply keep swiping it only thing you will never get to know uh what is the forex charges <laughs> you, you, wanna, you will get to know when you yeah you will get not get to know at that point in time after one and a half months suddenly you will see one statement you will not be able to put heads or tails to you know you will have forgotten what you did uh but you will be you will be down anywhere between 3 to 6% uh depending on what kind of customer you are for the bank uh so these are the two three processes which are there right now in case of new life is very simple the way we have designed it is based on my own travel experience and for travel experience of all the colleagues in the product heads who were building it very simple you load an our, our uh, mobile app will give you a real time currency conversion rate and when you swipe your card you will get charged the same rate not a penny more not a penny less and that rate is actually the visa exchange rate which is very 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 close to ibr so it is uh, in a way let's say if a huge multinational or or a huge company like tata somebody was buying uh, forex he'll get a forex rate uh, a wholesale forex rate that's eventually uh, effectively what we have brought in for a regular customer so that's in terms of value convenience of course uh, you know got a you got a, a beautiful app with multiple travel features including atm locators and tell which tells you about uh, you know where to find certain attractions anything to do with travel built on the app working seamlessly notifications sms email uh, you know otp coming on email so even if you don't have your sim with you you can do all the functions which you need to do when you're traveling and third of course customer service we are probably the only bank in the country where you can do complete service from lodging a complaint to getting it solved to solving for your lost card to ordering a new card everything on whatsapp at 24 bar 7 of course so so naturally on for these reasons why uh, you know we have a fan following our um, nps rating is 80 plus i'm sure nobody nobody can even think current banks can think of that kind of nps rating and our app store rating is around 4.7 4.8 which is at par with the best global banks in the world wonderful so let's i have two questions one is around the product right How did you know that you were getting to product market fit? So you clearly started with the hypothesis, yes, right? Your hypothesis yes, is yes, my opportunity, yes, convenience, yes. Uh, you know, safety, trust. But how did you know that you're getting to product market fit? Number one, number two. How do you think about distribution, right, for a product like this? You know, is this all digital? It's offline. It's hybrid. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that for the benefit of other fintech entrepreneurs out there. Sure. So let me let me answer the product market fit question first. uh so my uh, my firm believe in product market fit is that you should not need a sales team if you got the product right and uh, you know people should it should be all inbound referral driven etc so we realized that we got the product market fit when our relatives start calling and we had to do a waiting list when basically the uh, the demand exceeded supply and that happened for all our products uh, fortunately touchwood so we understand the product market fit when customers are referring their friends and relatives uh, they are coming at a pace at which we we find it difficult to service i think that's the point when you know that 
you know the product is going to do well so that's one uh the second way to see product market fit is that you know how is competition reacting to it so we had basically almost all large players panicking and calling out that why you're doing it is and you know they'll you'll break the market everybody lose the margin xyz so you know that you know somewhere you you've hit the cord with the customer and with the competition so that's product market fit in terms of channels um, you know i i firmly believe that we should always have a multi channel approach in banking actually fortunately i've seen all kind of channels do well uh you have to be uh, of course very careful about compliance and about kyc and what can go wrong so that is something you would ideally want to control uh, yourself other than that from a sourcing perspective i think you can use multiple channels to give you our examples how did we do what did we do uh, of course we started up with a very uh, with a close group uh, for product market fit and once we knew that the customers love the product and the product worked seamlessly uh, especially because money is involved in any banking products so everything was working fine is then we opened it up for channels and channels depends on the product so for example uh, uh for global card now naturally who is a channel partner a channel partner is a travel agent or channel partner is somebody who is let's say a student counselor where students go uh, when they are going to study abroad so identify points where a lot of our target segment will go and meet them and then ensure that anyway there's huge value for the consumer that the the channel partner can sell the product as a win whether for money or whether to show that he's adding value uh, to the customer who's walking up to that channel uh, so we we positioned it that way and of course we've been extremely successful in doing that so for neo bharat distribution is slightly different right can you talk a little bit about you know how do you reach you know blue collar workers in you know pan india right uh, there are millions if not uh, tens of millions of these folks yes uh, 100 million odd people uh, who'd qualify as organized semi organized unorganized um, blue collared employees again a distribution point of view amit it is very similar to global you'll be surprised that you know what we are looking at global for example is a travel agent where a lot of people are converging which can be online or offline it can be yatra or it can be like a uh, akbar or whoever it is uh, similarly for bharat uh, salary accounts that uh, the travel agent is basically replaced by an sme now an sme has got 200 300 1000 2000 depending on the size whether it is a medium enterprise or a large enterprise but basically it's a point where all the laborers are uh, or the employees are congregating so they become kind of a channel now what we have to ensure is again that they see value they should know that you know when they give this product to their employees employee should say thank you rather than come with the issues that something is going wrong or something is not working so as long as that is there you know it's again for most of our employers amit uh, distributing our product is almost like a value they are adding to their employees because of the value we provide to the employees in the product for example there is no product in the country which can say that i can give you a full fledged digital banking experience with zero minimum balance charges with zero non maintenance charges with zero um, uh, no transaction charges through your life nobody else can do that and and you would know some of the large banks like sbi and there was an rti against bob for example government banks right a large part of their uh, bottom line is coming from minimum balance charges which is getting charged to the poorest to the poor now why on earth would you want to do that they these guys are willing to pay some money but we need to be transparent so like we also we, we we provide nothing free you know we we very very uh, unit economics uh, uh, that may not be a great idea but we are very very unit unit economics savvy startup it's a great idea <laughs> thank you thank you so we we don't do any product which doesn't make unit economics sense so we charge 200 rupees uh, to these users but then they know that once they pay 200 rupees for a year they are not going to get charged anything extra 
and that transparency they deserve uh, they should not be devoid of the transparency just because their salary is 10000 rupees and not 2 lakh rupees so most banks today uh, would give everything in a platter to somebody who's who earns like a 20 24 lakh rupee but somebody who's earning like a 10000 rupee or a lakh rupee a year is actually killed at every single level whether it is a private bank government bank anybody and we are there to to change it for them Can you take a, a, a few examples of customers on either side, on uh, Neo Bharat as well as Neo Global, whose "quote unquote" lives have been transformed as a result of this? I'm sure there's a lot more Bharat customers who are not even under the you know umbrella of uh, financial inclusion or financial services, or may, barely have had a bank account. Um, maybe we start with Bharat, right? Where this has really been a material change in their you know quality of financial life. Significant, Amit. So I'll I'll give you um, you know. We, while we have we've touched many lives, but where we've been transformational is people who are not too literate, so they can you know understand tits and bits, but they can't read a sentence or they can't really really read uh, comfortably in let's say English, where most of the apps you know including some of the larger banks app uh, are in that language. So one is we've got the uh, the Bharat app is available in ten languages, so practically it covers ninety percent of of the country. The second interesting thing, Amit, is that the app talks to you. So for every feature or every transaction, you just have to tap a button, and the app will talk to you in your language. It will tell you that this is the transaction you did at this point in time uh, at this shop. So you, if you wanted to read through the whole sentence, and if if you are like you find it difficult to read for whatever reason, you don't have to worry. And similarly for every single feature, like we've introduced bite-sized mutual funds. Um, bite-sized salary advances, very, very transparent, very, very easy to understand, and that's where I think we are on a journey. So, if you look at it, a million out of hundred million, we are not even scratching a surface. And the reason is that you know we ourselves being very, very, very conservative about how fast we grow. Reason we we want to be sure of the product, we want to make sure that it adds value to the user, and they hopefully use it for their lives. And that's really a change for them because normally they see banking. As somebody where the moment they change their job, they have to quickly take the, all the money out. Otherwise, people will start hammering them with various kind of charges. So it's a journey where we have to change thought process, we have to change uh, how people interact. But I, I think uh, we we are doing a great job on it, and we got a great uh, uh, momentum ahead going into the into 2020. So I love your point about the value add for uh, for partnerships in terms of the distribution channels and the and the distribution partners. Uh, given that you come from the banking world, maybe we can talk about. Kind of classic fintech partnerships, right? So a lot of new age fintechs they they need to partner with banks or NBFCs or other classical institutions. Um, I know you have several partnerships yourselves, right? Uh, with with various banks, can you talk a little bit about like if you were a new age fintech entrepreneur, how should you think about partnering with the sort of uh, classic institutions uh, as they were? Uh, what is the what is yeah. the method to that madness? Yeah. So uh, I mean the way you know the regulations are in India and most of South Asia, Southeast Asia. Uh, Is that you have to partner with a bank if you want to become a bank, right? Uh, it, it is it is unlike a digital bank license, which let's say Revolut enjoys. So if you look at my global card, it is nothing different from Revolut. Just that they can do on their own banking license, and I have to do with a partner bank license. So partnership is a given in India and Southeast Asia. Now, why? How do you make a successful partnership? So the way uh, uh, I've been lucky, I've been on both sides of the table. Uh, so I understand. You know, whenever I'm going for a partnership with a bank, I just put the banker hat on and say, "Who is the partner who I would want to partner with?" First thing, uh, I mean, which comes to my mind as a banker is that I should not lose my job in this partnership. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 
so the 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 thing a banking or any partner who's regulated by rbi or any regulator for that matter would be very 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 careful about with a new fintech part, part partner wants to partner is that are you kyc compliant have you systems built for a money laundering uh, tracking money laundering tracking any suspect frauds happening customer service it should not land up that the partner banks uh, you know mail ids and uh, and call centers are getting flooded by customer service they will never partner with you so you have to give them that confidence that you are more than committed towards KYC guidelines, regulatory guidelines, customer service, banking ombudsman, recon, and you know these things. So they, that is the first thing which you need to provide confidence to uh, your partner bank, and then starts the commercial angle of it, where eventually it's a symbiotic relationship. There are three people in the partnership who need to see value. If one of the three doesn't see value, though, it it is only a very temporary and a fleeting partnership. the partner bank or, or whoever the partner fintech is they need to see value startup we need to see value and the customer so these three parties each of them have to see clear advantage otherwise uh, it is not going to survive sounds great so you know switching gears uh, let's say i'm starting a new company while you said you've been pretty fortunate with product market fit and i'm evaluating an opportunity as as a new age uh, you know uh, entrepreneur how should i look for opportunities in terms of you know where is there going to be you know viable business model where is there going to be this magical auto product market fit etc how would you go about doing that what what advice would you have for our uh, entrepreneurs here uh, fintech yeah i can talk about fintech yeah, yeah, that's, that's the only thing i know actually <laughs> so uh, so I mean, the way i would do it is um, uh, you know i i would look at successful banks and for example i draw a lot of inspiration from kotak um, uday kotak himself is like an unbelievable unbelievable entrepreneur so the way you look at it is if you look at you know for example kotak or for example bandhan or for example bajaj finserve you know all of these in a way are startups some may be 10 year old some 14 year old some 15 year old you know that's what they are and they are billions and billions of billion dollar 30 billion 40 billion 50 billion this kind of valuation now what is interesting what will be really interesting for a fintech player to do is to look inside a bank for example like kotak and look at verticals which have just exponentially grown it can be maybe a credit card vertical it can be a casa vertical it can be a mortgages vertical it can be a you know sme vertical or whatever it is and you would realize that each of the verticals if they were in a startup every single vertical will be a unicorn so and what happens amit is that in banks almost especially in, in in banks in the journey for example kodak started and then early icic started and access started in their journey every two years they'll be launching one new product vertical and then three years later that vertical will be unicorn so from a fintech point of view i would very very strongly recommend to look at all the possible verticals which banks have understand if those were a startup how many how many years would it have taken them to reach let's say unicorn status pick one of the verticals where let's say the bank did very well for 3 years and now the growth has kind of stagnated because they've not you know banks what banks are very good at is growing very fast and becoming big but after that they stop innovating so look at those verticals where the bank has not innovated too much and then you uh, basically put a skin of innovation on top of it partner with a, a bank or a partner who's hungry uh, who's got the product but not the skin and then you go and kind of attack the market so that will be No, that you know that the playbook. Sounds, that, sounds, that sounds very exciting. That is also the Prime Ventures playbook. So thank you for sharing that publicly. Uh, but but no, that's great. So you have the idea, right? And you've done you know studied you know the the role models whether it's a Kotak or a Bajaj Finserve or whatever. 
How do you think about putting the team together? I know you have a tech co-founder. What what is an ideal kind of fintech founding team look like? What do some of the early hires look like? Maybe you can talk a little bit about sure. you know the first 10 15 people in the company. So one is um, I will never do a fintech without a tech co-founder. <laughs> because <laughs> he does all the work anyway <laughs> so uh, yeah i i think one of the important things is to definitely have a banking and a fintech and a tech guy as, as co-founders to start with i think that's a bare minimum i would say other than that uh, you know what is really really important amit for the first 10 15 people is that everybody has to bring in a talent which is different everybody has to bring in a skill set which is different so for example when we look at expansion of business on the business side we need to get in guys who no more than me on the business side when we look at the tech side we need to get in the first few people have to really add and be a little you know be more than let's say what viren uh, alone is or viren and me are together so i think that's that's really critical and that's what we went about we went about doing we got an especially got an specialist who knew new bharat better than me uh, we got a specialist who knew new global as a travel segment better than me and uh, similarly we got um, uh, you know people in tech who you knew uh, who had worked with banking stack etc and who knew integrations better than probably what we in a new uh, and i knew together and another very important role uh, often um, uh, you know not given due importance is finance so i think we should uh, at least my philosophy is you should overload your company with chartered accountants I think they've gone through a lot to study their intelligent and they add a lot of value. So even if uh, you get like a couple of years experience chartered accountant, I think you should be a third hire after the co-founders. And what would the role of the chartered accountant slash the finance person be that early in a startup? You don't have revenue, you're sort of barely just getting started on the product, don't, don't yet have product market fit. The first thing he will do, he will ensure we don't waste money. So his salary will get recovered in the first 10 days of him being in the company. That's what my experience has been. And then of course, uh, see, because as I said, at least our philosophy has been constantly keep looking at unit economics. I've seen large companies, large banks, very easily lose focus of cost efficiency. So while revenue is very important, all of us are chasing revenue, we'll continue to chase revenue. But we need somebody who is like has relentless focus on cost efficiency and that cannot come in without a strong finance team. Can you talk a little bit about the fundraising journey, right? Uh, whether it's with Prime or just overall in sort of new age ideas, um, kind of how has your experience been and, and, and any thoughts and words of advice? Actually, fundraising is one part where I think I would not be the right guy to speak to for the similar reason that we have just outsourced our fundraising Prime most of the time. <laughs> and Prime has done, you know, our Series A seed, of course, uh, and Series A and Series B largely so. I would not be able to add too much other than that, uh, you know, uh, let's say we were in a state where fielding was set, uh, we had to bat well and for batting, uh, of course, we prepared. So um, uh, from a preparation point of view, what was important uh, was that we then kind of really looked at data once, again, twice, thrice, spoke to our customers and understood what they are going to talk uh, because the way I understand is investors would like to talk to your customers. And if your customers are unhappy at, at any point in time, that's not a great time to raise funds. So what we ensured that, you know, our customers, anyway, it's, it's part of part of our parcel of our business, but we thought our customers were really delighted with whatever we were doing. We know, uh, we knew the growth is good. And of course, we had done like a hundred uh, rehearsals of our data and our market. I think that's what we did. Sounds great, Vinay. This has been great talking to you. Uh, congratulations on all the success so far and wish uh, continued success for Neo Bharat and Neo Global. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Amit. And I hope you and your family, relatives, friends, anybody traveling abroad, don't travel without Neo card. You lose money.
dear listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode of prime venture partners podcast don't forget to subscribe to this show so that you can stay updated with great conversations like these you can share your feedback at our twitter handle at the rate prime vp underscore in or leave your review on apple podcast or wherever you listen to the show from 